Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Hey, how you doing? It's Pastor Michael Petit. We're going to be right into the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 13 through 17, as we look at hypocrisy on display. Hypocrisy on display. We'll actually look at it in three parts. Uh, The Pharisees and the Herodians plotting in verses 13 and 14. A place of hypocrisy in verse 15. And then paid to Caesar what is Caesar's and paid to God what is God. And guess what? In little parentheses I have it's all God's. In verses 16 through 17. So this week we we revisit a group that we saw back in Mark chapter 3. Um, the Herodians and the Pharisees. And this time when they come, they're coming to try to trap Jesus with the question. And it's it's you're going to see when we get into the scripture that there's a, a lot of flattery uh, that's trying to be given. And at the same time, uh, it's a double-edged question. And, and I'll explain that when we get into the teaching. Uh, one of the things that we will notice, and I hope that you get from this, is that the real question, the real question uh, that is being asked here is whose authority do we submit to? Whose authority do we submit to? And, and, and that's a struggle for a lot of people um, uh, because we, we have an authority that's been put in place for us. The, the United States government is our authority. We have laws that have been put in place, whether it's federal, state, or local laws. And, and they've been allowed to be placed there, and God's allowed it, and God's actually put people in position to have authority over us, and, and including, right, including like a chaotic government like the uh, Roman Empire was uh, for the people of, of Israel at the time. And so I guess the biggest question we have to ask ourselves is if we talk about authority is, is we've seen... Uh, contradictions in authority uh, of, of when to obey the government and when to obey God. And we talked about this early on uh, in, in the book of Mark, and so I won't beat this subject up too much. Um, and, and so, especially with the pandemic, you know, you had some churches that closed down and then some that stayed open. You had some that did mask and some that did no mask. Um, some that only did 25% capacity, some went full capacity. And the thing is with Calvary Chapel, I guess the biggest thing is to remember is Calvary Chapel was a Moses model, right? Moses led model church, meaning that it's uh, the, the pastor who leads the church through God's guidance, you know, seeking God's guidance. And so each pastor had to make that decision on how they wanted to do it. I think the biggest struggle I have with that is when the pastor started instead of picking up the phone, because we had that one pastor that, that kept his church open in California, uh, 
they had lawsuits. Um, I mean, they almost had the building taken away. They ended up having it overturned in the Supreme Court of California. And then all the attorney fees had to be replaced. And, and he was just doing what God had given him to do. That's the direction that God had called him uh, not to forsake the, the assembly of the brethren. And so that's what God had given him, and so he kept the church open. I think the the problem that I have is when you have pastors that go on social network and and start blasting uh, the other pastor for doing it, and so that's always an issue for me. It's like we you got a problem with something that somebody's doing, pick up the phone and talk to them pr- privately. You don't have to get on there and 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 get on Instagram and start creating you know buzz buzzwords and stuff like that to get people to uh to follow you it's, it's just silly but i think one of the things that i i respected is that 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 pastor did what his conviction was and that was to obey god rather than man and so he used the verse and I, I believe in acts chapter 5 verse 29 when peter they're telling him you can't teach about jesus anymore and, but Peter and the apostles answered him, we must obey God rather than man. Now understand, there are going to be times when we have to uh, submit to the authority of the government. But if it goes against what God is calling us to do or what God's, it goes against God's word, then no, we, we, we don't submit to it. And, and so there, there's where the, the contradiction is. Um, there may be, they may tell you, well, you can't assemble in the church. And you're, you're like, no, that's not what God's given us. That's not what the word of God says. We're going to have church. And so we must obey God rather than man. And so that's kind of where it's at. And we kind of talked about this a little bit. I think the last time we were dealing with the Pharisees and the Herodians, because it was all about authority. And, and so we, we, we're going to revisit it. And the question that they pose to him really has to deal with authority. It, it really does. Um, and so let's get into it. And in, in the Pharisees and the Herodians plotting in verses 13 and 14. It says in verse 13, And they set, sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And so they're, they, they're sending them out. And we haven't seen this group in a while. And they're sending him out to do something very specific to trap him in his talk. They're going to do everything they can to either, one, have the crowd turn on him and stone him to death possibly, or two, have the Romans come after him. And we'll look at that as we dive into it. Now, this group came together back in Mark chapter 3, um, and, and there was a back in verse 6. When the Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him on how to destroy him. Now, we're, you know, at the very last week of Jesus' earthly ministry. Um, and, and, you know, Jesus encountered them early on. And just to give you a background on the two groups again, the, um, the Pharisees and the Herodians. Uh, the, the Pharisees themselves were, were legalists. Uh, they they had held had put a, a standard on the law, and and with that standard, um, 
sadly, it really wasn't based on God's law. It was based on the rabbis. And so they, they, they were more focused on man's law, the rabbis, the, what the rabbis had written, uh, than what the, uh, what the law of God was. And, and so they were very legalist. And, but they were also uh, upset because they were interferences made by Jesus as the money changers, um, the disruptions that were happening within the temple. And they were, they were wanting to deal with it. Um, the, the other part of that is too, is that like they sadly, uh, sadly spent more time focused on the, the, the religion, right? The appearance of being religious, the appearance of upholding the law, right? And, and yet they're upholding, they put more emphasis on the laws of the rabbis than they did God's word. And so, um, we have this happen today. I mean, they're hypocrites is what they are. They're whitewashed tombs. And so we have to be very careful with that. What I mean by that is like we have to, when, when we teach the Word of God, we teach the Word of God through the authority of Jesus Christ and through the Word of God. We don't teach our opinions. We don't teach man's traditions. Um, uh, we can't be religious and whitewashed tombs, and yet we have some of that stuff happening in the pulpits today, and, and we know that's happening. We, we see a, a very progressive, um, matter of fact, I was listening to somebody yesterday, and they were talking about how, uh, I think in Numbers chapter, I think it's Numbers chapter 5, and, and they were talking about how, you know, God ordained abortion and they were using numbers chapter five and and sadly these are you know people of of god that are are pushing this stuff you have people that are supposed to be um supposed to be following god but yet they they twist the word of god to to fit their um to fit their narrative and we're seeing this whether it's a social narrative whether it's a um, political narrative whether it's it's to manipulate um, like even reverse way and so and, and I do want to say something I am going to teach um, at some point on reverse way probably right after the youth retreat we're going to take a, a one week break from the book of Mark and I'm going to kind of address it biblically and I'll get into numbers chapter 5 because they're actually using the NIV translation, which is the word that they use to translate is, is horrendous, but it's still, it's, it, it's, they're not going to the context of the scripture, which is usually what happens. And, and that's, what, that's what Pharisees do, you know. They use it as a weapon, right? But what we have to do is we remember that, that Jesus is our authority. The word of God is our authority. And, and so back in Mark chapter 1, verse 27, it says, And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And, and I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29. It says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority. And not as the scribes, right? Not teaching rabbis 
teachings, the teaching of men, but actually teaching divine through a divine authority and that's what jesus was doing and and i love in matthew chapter 7 verse 24 it says everyone then who hears the words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock so again he's saying look jesus this is jesus speaking saying they hear the words of mine mine my words and that's what we need to remember we don't need to hear man's traditions uh, man's thoughts we need to hear uh, the word of god that's the thing that we all need and and unfortunately when just as we're seeing it from the pulpit uh the word of god is being used as a weapon and uh, to push political narratives to push agenda social or whatever we we can't do that as a as a calvary chapel we teach the word of god that's what we do and, and so, you know, we need to be very careful with that. The other group that we had in here, we had the Pharisees and then we had the Herodians. Now, I'll do just a quick little brief on it. I'll give you a bunch of scriptures if you want to go read them later. But the Herodians were actually named after King Herod. They were named after King Herod. Uh, King Herod, remember, he was a, a puppet for Rome. He was narcissistic. He had many people killed. He always thought somebody was out for uh, to take his title. And anybody who, you know, anybody he thought was going to do it, he was going to deal with them, and they would usually be be killed. He was also not Jewish, but he was self-appointed the king of the Jews. So he appointed himself the king of the Jews. The other thing with, uh, with Herod is, Herod, if you remember the story, uh, when Jesus is being born, Herod went to the wise men uh, and to try to find out, um, you know, what was happening because uh, it troubled him. Uh, the fact that there was a, uh, this, this prophecy of the Messiah and that was in Matthew chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. And, and uh, it says, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star, and it rose, and have come to worship him. And when Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Born king of the Jews. See, Herod was self-appointed selfish right narcissistic and here he is a panic over this baby now eventually the wise men are, are sent a different direction and and warned not to go back to seek herod because herod acts like hey i i really want to go worship him too so let me know when you find him so i can go worship him and that's not what he was going to do and you can read all of this this is all in matthew chapter 2 um to to go further into it i'm not going to get all of the scriptures there because it's just time and so you know just start in matthew chapter 2 verse 7 and you'll read it um but eventually when you get to matthew chapter 2 verse 16 that's when herod's furious because the wise men go different directions home they were told to go different directions home not to go back to herod and that's when Herod gets furious and he decides, I'm going to kill the babies. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 16 through 18. And it says, Then Herod, when he saw them, he had, had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all the region who were two years old or under, according to the time uh, 
that we had asserted from the wise men. And that fulfilled a prophecy in Jeremiah. You can read the rest of that in verses 17 and 18. But this is who the Herodians followed. They wanted Herod and the descendants of Herod to remain in power. And so they were a political, more of a political party than they were about God. And, and yet they're also wanting to keep the regime that killed thousands of children, murdered them in their beds. And you think to yourself, wait a minute, that's what's happening today. It is. It is. We have, it's very similar uh, parallels to the time that was happening, Jesus, and, and now. We have, uh, we have Pharisees in the pulpits, you know, that are teaching man-made traditions and pushing agendas and that, that are not from God, that are twisting the word of God. Uh, but we also have Herodian politicians uh, just like this. We have a political swamp just like Jesus had back then. And, and so, you know, they, they wanted to make sure that Herod's sons were continued to reign. And that was their whole focus. And so um, we, need to, we need to be aware of that. So these things happen. They're parallels to the time of Jesus and the time that we're in now. Right? And so um, it, it's, it's just a reminder of the two groups that we have, the Pharisees and the, and the Herodians. You have the legalist and you have the politicians working together. Two groups that would never work together. And, and I'm just going to say this real quick because this really irks me with politicians today. Um, I think we have a lot of Herodian politicians today uh, that are okay with killing babies and, and you know not addressing that there is uh, at the moment of conception has been proven uh, by multiple scientists, including at Harvard, that, that the moment of conception the child is born, um, that there's life, and, um, and yet they, they don't agree with that, and, and yet they'll use God. I, I think that's, what, that, that's the thing about Herodian politicians that we have today. We have a lot of people that, that voted for that party, and yet they say, oh, I'm Christian, and I'm... You know, I stand for what God stands for, and yet they vote for a bill to extend abortion. They voted for a bill to extend money to have abortions done in other countries. They voted to have transgender. Okay, it's okay for your child to go through uh, mutilation and all that stuff. And then they use the Word of God, or they try to use the Word of God as a weapon. And it just reminded me, as I was reading this, it reminded me kind of like the Herodian politicians. It's very, very, very similar. And uh, just something for us to remember. Okay? Something for us to remember. Uh, so the parallels to the time of Jesus to what we're going through today. So it's, that's a good thing for us to remember. Uh, verse 14. So they're, they're going to set them in a trap. Verse 14 in Mark chapter 12 says, And they came and said to him, Teacher, uh, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Now, you can see they're buttering them up. They're, they're giving them a bunch of flattery. And, and Jesus will see right through all of this. You know, he knows their heart. He knows 
their intention. Um, and yet, there's a couple things that, that has to be true for us. Like, we should be not swayed by appearances, okay? We shouldn't be swayed by appearances, and we should always teach the way of God. Always. Always teach truth. We don't sway by opinions. We don't sway by appearances. We, we teach the word of God, and we cannot forget that. So here's the question in the second part of verse 14. It says, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? Now, this is the setup question that I was talking about at the very beginning. So this is where the hypocrisy, you know, you see them trying to act like, yeah, Jesus, you know, we, we just want to know the real answer to this question. Well, it's a two-parter. Um, if, he, if he answers, you know, pay Rome uh, their taxes, pay Caesar his taxes, the crowd will turn on him and possibly stone him to death because they hated Rome. I mean, they hated Rome. They hated having Rome as the authority over them. Uh, and the people would have turned. And if they say, no, don't pay taxes, don't pay Caesar, then guess what the Herodians are going to do? They're going to make sure that the Roman government, because they're politicians and they have people in politics that they can go to, they're going to make sure that the politicians of the day and the authority of the day know that Jesus is telling people not to pay taxes to Caesar. And that's not going to end well as either. So either way, the question is double-edged. And, and they, they know that they're going to trap him in the question. And, and so that's, that's where that's coming from. Uh, I think the biggest thing here is, is to remember that, you know, they're, they're dealing with a finite mind. When you have the all-knowing, fully God, fully man, infinite Jesus, this is, you know, they're not trapping him. And, and so, but at the same time, he knows what's going on in their heart. And, and I wonder, you know, did Jesus, you know, when Jesus was crucified, did the chief priests and the Pharisees and the scribes and the Herodians feel like they defeated Jesus? Right? They, they probably thought they had a victory. Like they had authority over Jesus because we crucified him. But they don't. We have to remember this. And this is even for us today. In Matthew 28, 18, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's, it, it is the authority of God. And, and so it's God who puts things in place. It's God who's in control. And, and Jesus has redeemed you. He's continuing to redeem sinners today. And he's in authority. And we need to remember that. It's very easy for us to, to feel defeated, especially in the times that we're living. But we need to remember that the, the battle's been won already. In Acts chapter 4, verses 26 to 28, it says, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered to, together against the Lord and against the anointed. For truly in his city there were gathered together against your holy, uh, holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. See, God anointed them. God put them in place. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, peoples of Israel, 
to do whatever your hand and you, your plan had predestined to take place. This was all going to take place. It was predestined by God. God put those political leaders in place. God put everything in order. So when Jesus dies on the cross, they probably thought they had a religious victory. The chief scribes and the, and the Pharisees and the chief priest. Uh, when, when, when the Herodians would have seen him die on the cross, they would have thought, okay, we have a political victory. This Jesus who's been stirring up rebellion is gone, right? And even the rulers, Herod and, and Pontius Pilate, I mean the descendants of Herod, but Pontius Pilate would have said, you know what? He, th there is no other authority but the Roman Empire, Caesar. Not even God can, can win on the cross, so to say. But that's not true. See, God predestined all of that. It was all predestined. And it was done because God is in control. It was done because God is in control. And so we, we see things that are happening. So when Jesus dies on the cross, death is defeated. Sin is defeated. Jesus is resurrected. He's seen by so many witnesses, right? And then the church explodes. And, and it was all in the plan that Jesus, uh, that God had planned. It was predestined. And so, you know, even though it may look like, you know, we look at, at things that are going on in our world today and it may look like, you know, we're, we're struggling uh, as Christians. Uh, and what I mean not struggling through life, but I'm just talking about all the, the things that are coming against Christ. I mean, we have, I, I think one of our senators actually was trying to push uh, to have uh, pregnancy centers closed down. And, and the reason she gave was that, the, the, that they, um, the idea is that the centers have grown up to prey on people who are pregnant and vulnerable and seeking help is fundamentally wrong. We should, not, we should stop it nationwide. Sadly, we've had pregnancy centers come under fire uh, through terrorists. Uh, Jane's Revenge, I think, is the name of them. They said if abortions aren't safe, neither are you, as they set fire to a Christian pregnancy center. Arson. And, and if you look at the two, the senator who, who said it, Senator Warren, Sadly, I look at it and she thinks she, for some reason, she's probably just like the Herodians and thinks she has some victory that's coming. Victory's already been won by Jesus Christ. To sit and say that, that, that a pregnancy center preys on someone is funny because they actually provide prenatal vitamins. They actually help provide doctors. They actually help provide uh, assistance. Planned Parenthood provides abortion. Under the fake pregnancy center thing at Planned Parenthood, you don't get any, there's no prenatal vitamins that are given. There's no doctor's appointments that are set up besides the one to have the abortion. So who's actually, you see what I'm saying? And so we, we see these things going on. I, I, it's just a reminder that the victory is God's, right? And, and we're seeing just the political things that are happening in our world. I, I, 
there's just been so much. Um, and, and what we need to understand is that the victory has been won by God. Um, it, it was when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, it, it, I love that word, it is finished. It's done. The battle, the war is over. These little skirmishes that happen, we can't allow ourselves to get defeated when we see these things come up. When we see the LGBTQA uh, community uh, trying to push their agenda on little kids uh, as far as transgender and all this stuff, and it's like, we need to understand we stand for God. We stand for God's word. We understand that there, it's hard to see at times. It's, I, I would suggest turning off the news, uh, but understand that the victory has already been won, and, and we need to remember that. So uh, don't allow yourself to get uh, pulled into um, the, the thought that, that we're losing these little skirmishes. We're not. You know, if anything, man, there were people that were praying for this this thing to be overturned, Roe versus Wade, for 40 years. And it just goes to show that, and some of them are not even around now. So, you know, it just goes to show their dedication to seeing uh, the blood of the land to be to be stopped. Because uh, it was innocent blood. And, and so, but we'll talk about all that. So even though they attack or they reject God, uh, we need to understand it's Jesus' authority and victory has already been done. And we just simply point people to Jesus. Our next point is we, place, uh, we see a place of hypocrisy. So Jesus calls him out immediately. So he gives, he's given the question. And he says, but knowing their hypocrisy, so he knows what's going on in their heart. He said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. Right. So this is, you know, for for Jesus, like I said, this is this is their finite mind. This is what they came up with. But for Jesus, fully God, fully man, He knows what's going on in their heart. He knows their attitude. Uh, he knows their behavior, um, and he he's going to answer the question. Um, and the Lord knows what's going on with us too, our attitude and our heart and our motives. So we need to be careful with that. We don't need to be trying to manipulate people or butter them up or try to trap them in a question. I've seen people do this where they, they want to ask questions to people about the Bible and they're not really there for the answer. They're there to try to trap the person to make them look stupid. And, and so they're not really seeking an answer but they're sitting there trying to trap them or they sit there and they try to manipulate and butter them up and, and we can't be a part of that. We don't want to be a part of that. But God sees through all that. And, and so he, he says, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. So a denarius, just real simple, it was a piece of silver that had the insignia at that time of Tiberius uh, Caesar on it. Um, and, and it belonged to the Roman government. Uh, and, and so uh, you would pay taxes to the Roman government. It was actually that, that denarius was worth one day's wages. And it was a reminder to the, Rome, uh, to the Jewish culture that they had to pay that tax. They hated Rome for that. They absolutely hated Rome for that. In verse 16 it says, And they brought one, and he said, Whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. 
And so again, Tiberius Caesar's on the coin. Um, and, and it would have said something in the, in the like of son of divine Augustus, claiming to be son of God or God. Now, we have it in God we trust on our coins, right? And, and so we see that Tiberius, the son of divine Augustus, would have, would have been on the coin. So the likeness there is actually the word we get for the word icon, um, when he says whose likeness is a word for icon so it's like a mark of ownership who does the coin belong to it belongs to caesar ultimately it was it was it was created by the government the roman government just like our coins are created by the united states government right and so that it's it's showing this that there is a role that government plays that is needed. There are a reason why we have laws, we have rules, we have authority that's placed over us. And Tiberius Caesar, their their government at this time was very uh, psychotic, very bipolar government. It was all over the place. So kind of like the government we have today. Um, but it got worse. They had Nero uh, come in who actually torched Christians. And so Jesus is telling them, like, whose inscription is on this? And they said to him, Caesar. So they answer him. By answering him, they're, they're agreeing that that coin belongs to Caesar. They have authority over us. And so they're answering the question. And now we're going to see that, that Jesus is going to say, pay to Caesar what is Caesar's and render to God what is God's. And so let's look at verse 16 and 17. And it says, and they brought one and he said to them, whose likeness is the inscription? They said to him, Caesar's, right? So he's telling them to render back something, right? Render it back. And, and again, the authority that was put there was because why was that authority put there? Everything was done exactly by God's control. Um, when we look at that period uh, of silence that happens between the Old Testament and New Testament, when you study, when you study uh, church history and you study uh, the Bible, you understand that there was not a period of silence. There were so many things that God was moving in place, including the Pax Romana. The Pax Romana was something that was set and ready for uh, the birth of Christ to come because it, it was peace by the Roman Empire. It actually protected trade routes and lives. And so when the gospel is going to go out in the message of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and, and, and the teachings, and then the church, it's all to set up what God has planned. And so there's a, a, a need for the government. There's a need for the government. And you're probably thinking to yourself, man, I don't see that need for us. But you need it. Uh, even the Apostle Paul talked about it in, in, uh, in Romans 13.1. He says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. We just finished the book of Daniel. We need to remember that Jesus, uh, our God, raises up kings and emperors and nations and he will bring down kings and emperors and nations because he is in control and we are to submit to the authority that's over us except when it goes against the will of god or god's word
If it's telling us to do something or not do something, then that's when we obey God rather than man. Now, I, I'll be very honest with you. I, I'm, I'm a very stickler for this because this is how I grew up. It's like if you break the law, you break the law. And, and so, like anybody, I, I never condone what happened on January 6th. Because I'm all for you peacefully protesting in D.C. Do that all day long. But the moment that you enter into an authorized area, uh, an unauthorized area, and you, you're, you're going, I mean, honestly, you're not supposed to. You should be arrested. Now, I'm, I'm also for the, the fact that they, they deserve their day in court and they should, they should face whatever jail time they have to face. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we shouldn't be breaking the law. And, and that's why government is important. But we see the parallel of the two, right? You had earlier in the year, uh, during that summer, you had riots that were out of control and they were calling them peaceful protests, and they weren't. They weren't. And so we have, there's a reason we have authority placed over us and that we're supposed to follow it. So as Christians, we can't get involved in that stuff. We can't. We have to understand that it's God that has instituted. They, God has placed them there. Right? God has placed them there. First Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and 15 says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as a supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put silence the ignorance of the voice of the people. Man, let me tell you something. I have a major problem, major problem when somebody breaks the law and the law doesn't uphold what it's supposed to be doing. And we're seeing this more now today than ever. And it's sad. It really is. But one of the things that we're to do as Christians is we're to actually be subject uh, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Whether it's to be the emperor or as supreme or to governors. Why? For this is the will of God. We are to be doing the will of God. I don't agree with this government right now. At all. I don't. But I respect the office of the presidency. I served under two presidents, both Republican and Democrat. Um, I respect that office. And being in the Army, I understand authority very well. Um, and, and so what is the will of God for me is to understand that that's the authority that's been placed over. God's allowed that person to be in the office. So here's the key as Christians. Whether you hated the first one, or you hate the second one, it doesn't matter. The authority has been placed by God. God's allowed it. So even if you disagree, what is the will of God? The will of God is for you to be subject uh, to the Lord's uh, person that's put in place, the human institution that's put in place, and the person over that authority. So we can't, we, we don't get to rail against the, uh, the government just because we want to. Uh, now, if, again, if they do something that goes against God's will or God's word, or we are told not to do something that goes against God's will or God's word, we, that's when we step away. We do not allow our emotions and feelings to control us, and that's where we have to be very careful. 
The other thing we're supposed to be doing is praying for our leaders. We're supposed to pray for our leaders. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, First of all, that I urge that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead. And this is very important. We may lead peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. That's the thing. Like, are you going to live a peaceful and quiet life, or you want to go and just rail against the machine? We can't, we can't be doing all that, right? We need to remember that God's in charge. And, and, and look, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I understand. Like, I've never seen a president where I've agreed on everything. I've never seen a Congress or a Senate where I, I don't see corruption. And, and I look at what Jesus is talking about with, with Tiberius Caesar, and I go, man, nothing's changed, really, because the Roman government was the same way. But we need to remember what, what Jesus is saying. It's, it is the will of God. And so Jesus says in, in verse 17, Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And so he's telling them the things that belong to Caesar because they're the authority of you. You need to pay your taxes. You need to, you need to, you need to submit to their authority, right? Because that is the will of God. But he also says, and to God, the things that are God, God's. Um, and so that's our time, our talent, our treasure. It's, it's, it's to remember that we were bought with a price. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. See, I, I, I submit to God with a clear conscience. I will not accept anything else. Like, I'm not going to submit to the killing of children by our government. It's wrong, and we need to we need to say, hey, that's I don't agree with that. There are times when you're going to have to stand up, but we need to do it in a way that's that we're abiding by what the laws are. I I I'm firmly believe that the 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 key to uh, what we do as as believers is it's when we render the things that are Caesar the things that are Caesar's, which means the American. Uh, or the authority placed over us, the federal, the state, and the local level, uh, you submit to that authority every day, uh, meaning that you stop at a stoplight, you stop at a stop sign, um, you pay your taxes, hopefully. Uh, you're submitting to them every day. Uh, and then to render the things that are God, uh, render to God the things that are God's, meaning your time, your talent, your treasure. And, and understanding that you were bought with the price. I, I, I think sometimes we forget that it, it's important for us to remember that, that God has allowed us the, the opportunity uh, to be His uh, through repentance and, and through asking Him into our hearts and then that understanding that Jesus paid a high cost on the, on the cross by taking the sins of this world, and, and so you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So glorifying God in your body is rendering to God what belongs to God. 
And guess what? It all belongs to God. Even the things that are going to the American government, it belongs to God. And, and so we need, to, we need to do what the will of God is and, and submit to the authority that's been placed over us. And, and, and understanding, again, we obey God. Uh, we must obey God, not man. But that doesn't mean that you get to just, I don't agree with the president, so I'm, I'm going to obey I'm going to obey God, not man. That, that's not how that works, right? Now, if he's telling you you can't open, like let's say they tried it because this is something that's happening right now. I saw yesterday is they're trying to push again for mass mandates in Los Angeles. They're trying to, uh, and if they do that, they're going to try to shut down again. You, you can see it coming. Um, and and I, the church won't do that. We had churches that never recovered from COVID. They shut down completely. And I think I, uh, Matt was telling me something. Uh, he was talking or saw something on an interview uh, from one of the whosoevers, and they were talking about there's no middle of the road anymore. Uh, COVID and the shutdowns did one thing. They either put you on, you're either following God or you're not. There's no middle of the road anymore. There should have never been a middle of the road in the first place, but there's no middle of the road. And so, um, you know, we just need to remember that. What is, uh, what do we do? We, we submit to the authority of our government. When can we stand up then? Remember in Daniel chapter 3, when uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were told they had to bow and worship the, uh, the King Nebuchadnezzar and, and, uh, and, and serve him and worship the golden image. And they weren't going to do it. So they must obey God rather than man. And, and they stood up and they, they, didn't, they didn't do it. And I love what it says in, in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O, king, uh, o Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Like, I don't need to answer your question. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of our out of your hand, O King. But if we but if not, be, be it not known to you, known to you, O King, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We must obey God rather than man. Christians need to wake up. Okay? We need to wake up. We need to render the things that belong to the to Caesar, right? But we also need to render the things that belong to God. And how, what, what is those two things? Well, everything belongs to God. Just remember that part. The other thing is, too, is no matter how dark things look, remember what was said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Understand that no president, no prime minister, no king, no emperor, not even the Antichrist will stop Jesus. The war is won already. Jesus has the victory. And all these little skirmishes that you see and you think, man, I don't know where we're going, what's happening. Just trust the authority that, that we follow. Our authority is God. And uh, ultimately, that's who we serve. 
And we need to remember that uh, at the end of the day, we render our time, our talent, our treasure to God. God bless. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.